Hello, everybody. Locked on Nationals podcast. My name is Josh Neighbors. Joining me today from Federal Baseball, Blake Finney. Blake, how are you doing? Doing all right. Still getting used to being inside a lot of the time. It's a bit yes. odd. <laughs> yeah, life without sports is a bit odd. But you know what's actually really cool is today, the first thing we're going to talk about is not the coronavirus, even though I just mentioned it. It's There is some Nationals news right off the bat. You and I actually delayed the, the start time of, of our recording because um, the Nationals made some roster moves. And the most significant of those is Hunter Strickland. And so um, let's start with, I, I think the most important part is why this is happening, right? Why Hunter Strickland didn't work out. And there's a lot of obvious reasons, um, but, you know, let's just go over those. In your opinion, what was the disconnect and why did Hunter Strickland not work out with the, with the Nats this, uh, this spring? So first off, it's nice that I actually got to write something. I've been waiting for a week for something to happen and something happened. I finally right. got to write something. Um, but yeah, it's been a bit odd. In his, it, when he first came over from Seattle, he actually looked quite good. First 10 appearances, ERA under one. And then since then, it's just been all about the long ball, which obviously Nationals fans got an experience of in the 2014 postseason when Harper was constantly taking him deep. But since then, um, in his last 14 regular season appearances, had the nine ERA three home runs in the NLDS before he was removed from the postseason. Ross and that just carried on this spring when he allowed, um, I think it was five home runs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was rough for him. And I, you know, I'm from Richmond and I actually got to see him when he was with the the double A team, the flying squirrels and the velocity was always there. You know, he was always Mm. a guy who was breaking the double A, you know, uh, the, um, the radar gun there, a guy who's always had that, but that long ball, man, guys have always been able, you know, it's like watching boxing, People have always been able to get his timing, and that is one yeah. thing I feel like he's never been able to shake. Yeah, we like like I said in 2014, we saw it when he was firing 100, but he never seemed to miss bats for someone who threw that hard and had an actually all right slider. He, I just don't think he could command it, and even though it didn't show in the walks per se, he was just leaving it out over the heart of the plate and um, getting taken deep too much. Yeah, he ne- and he never really felt like he trusted that slider fully too, did he? No. No, um, I think it was the first home run he gave up this spring. He left out a, a hanging slider over the middle of the plate. And yeah, it's not a huge surprise. I did kind of expect it to happen perhaps a little bit earlier when they didn't have as much salary commitment if they were um, if they were sure that he wasn't going to make the roster rather than now. Potentially, if you um, given that they, I think they're on the hook for about a quarter of his salary now. Um, and that would have been the case through spring, perhaps. Obviously, that's the normal situation we're not really in a normal situation now um but yeah i I would have thought they would have given him at least till the end of spring training given that they actually gave up a a decent prospect in aaron fletcher for him and money wise you know explain how it's going to go because i forget the original contract but it was in the range of a million correct i think he got 1.6 million so he's due around 400 400 right so uh you know, still, I mean, you're still eating a, you know, a fair portion of money for a guy that was supposed to address a big hole in the team. Um, any other roster moves, anything that's surprising to you or is everything pretty much status quo, what we thought was going to happen? Yeah, I think um, everything is pretty much as we would expect. The guys option, Jake Noll, Ben Bramer, Aaron Barrett and Carl McGowan are all guys that we probably expected to be going back down to the minor leagues and Similar with the guys reassigned the minor league camp, though um, I think a couple of them, perhaps Dakota Buckus and um, Will Crow, have impressed in the minor leagues. Not that surprising, obviously. Will Crow was like 
the fourth right. way way outside guy for the fifth starter spot and Buckus, um perhaps a guy who could have stolen a bullpen spot but um didn't do a huge amount this spring so yeah no real surprise in the other moves and grow that's a guy we're going to see this year in the major leagues don't you think yeah i think uh he's rule five eligible at the end of the season so it doesn't really like do anything timing wise if they add him to the 40-man roster during this season um so he's probably the next guy after ross voth and Feddy. um and as the nationals have seen the last few years you do need that starting pitch in depth yeah and i mean i would not trust either of those guys to hold it down even though kind of like what i saw from both but i, I mean i i don't trust either of those two guys to hold it down so crow is going to be a nice guy to have there um let's get to the actual impact of coronavirus it's weird to me because you know, it felt like what on we stopped playing games. The Nationals played Thursday, I believe. Yeah. Right. They had a game against the Yankees. See, my days are all mixed up now because all <laughs> this news is coming so fast and furious. But at that point, you know, we thought it was everything was suspended. It was weird. But I got the notification yesterday that the MLB had suspended spring training operations. So uh, what I want to talk to you right now about is the importance of like how we get our news right now, because not just in sports, you know, in general, too it seems like people are having a difficult time understanding what is what, right? So on Thursday, I had the, I was under the impression that everything was going to be, everything was suspended, right? But on Friday, we get the official announcement. Um, have you had any difficulty sorting through what's fact, what's not uh, in this kind of last couple of days? Well, it's been, it's been pretty wild. I remember on Monday, there was no sign of any of this. And then all of a sudden we get to Friday and basically everything's canceled across all of sports, not just in baseball. Uh, but yeah, I think it was initially that the spring training games were postponed, um, but teams were still going to hold like organized workouts and the such. And then on Friday, everything's been suspended. So no organized workouts. Players still can go in. And that's generally what I think uh, quite a few of the Nationals players are going to do. There are other teams that players are actually going home, be with their families um, and kind of but not really self self isolate, but kind of minimize their travel yeah. from home rather than um, at spring. You know, the one telltale sign of it, and I, I, I thought one thing was weird. Did you end up catching that Yankees game the other day? Were you watching it? No, I, I didn't have the chance. No. Very odd. When the game yeah. started, Bob Carpenter, I remember him said that. He goes, it's 106 and we're playing baseball. And, you know, <laughs> you can kind of tell it was – he had the idea that was coming down the pike. And, um, you know, it's it's been such a weird situation. But the telltale sign to me that this is going to go on for a while mm. is the option players have to go home, right? I, I mean – when you give the option to, the, to those players, and I think a lot of them do want to stay dialed in, but that tells me, man, they have the option to either stay with the team, the facility, right, stay, stay in Florida, mm-hmm. to go back to the, to the team city, so D.C., or then go back to their families, wherever they're from. Tells me that this can go on for a little while. Yeah, I think the MLBPA is all, and MLB, both of them are recommending the players go home and um, kind of stay stay away from the mass gatherings that would be at spring training workouts. So... It's difficult to say because we don't know how long it's going to go on. That's the thing. We don't really know how it's going to affect them because we don't know how long it's going to be. The really optimistic case is that we resume playing after the two-week postponement and kind of pick up where we left off. But the sense is that that's almost certainly not going to happen. We're probably looking at regular season games, maybe starting in late May, perhaps Memorial Day. Um, And then you've got to, because you've got that long layoff, you've then got to have players ramp up again after they've um, been down and been sent home or um, just not coming into the facility. 
it almost feels like it's the long-term version of what a rain delay does to a pitcher, right? I mean, the guy's getting <laughs> yeah. ready to go and all, and you know, that you can't throw him right back out there. And that's kind of, that is where my mind goes immediately. I'm not sure about you, but my mind immediately goes to the Nats pitching. Like, what does this do? What do you think this does for a staff that was worked hard last year? So this break could be good for them in that way. But also too, it's disrupted them. Like Max Scherzer talked about pitching through pain. And kind of a, like necessary pitching through pain to get yourself back going again, you know, because obviously like it's, it's like doing anything. It's like getting back in the gym. So there's kind of two schools of thought about how this layoff could help. In one sense, I think it's good the Nats arms do get the rest because those guys, I mean, they lost some serious, <laughs> some serious time last year. But at the same yeah. time, too, the rhythm is now broken. Yeah, that, that's exactly what I've got down in my notes. You have those two, <laughs> two thoughts where because of that long season, does having, say, a month, two months off actually help them. That's me being optimistic, perhaps with only a month or two. Right. But like you say, the rain delay is a, a great example where there's a certain amount of time that a pitcher can be kind of sat on the bench or um, in the dugout working out to keep warm that can then be sent back out more or less where he was. So that's what they're going to have to balance over the next few weeks, few months to see, can they pick up where they left off? nice and quickly which is the hope if it was two weeks which i don't think it's going to be but they're probably going to have to not maybe maybe not start afresh like they do when pitchers and catchers report but they are going to be back to when they do eventually get to playing spring training games hopefully they'll be back to those two three inning appearances again and you've got to have a long spring training um and then moving kind of towards the the positional player stuff I think the most upsetting thing for Nats fans is is we're not going to be able to see Juan Soto because that guy is a freaking superstar. I mean, he is an he is so unbelievable. With in this spring too, like you could just get the sense that he he is going to pick up right where he left off. There is no slowing this train down. I was super concerned, and I think nobody benefited from having Rendon near him in the lineup more than Soto. But I think he wants he's he's accepting this challenge, right? I mean, this is. This is kind of the carrot that these guys are chasing is that this season there's a lot of stuff that, to prove individually for these players. And no, and you know nobody has more to prove than Juan Soto. He's got to prove that he can be the guy. And by all accounts, he was on track to do that. And he still is. Yeah, I think even with a week, month's layoff, I think Soto is still going to be pretty good. Um, it's kind of the other guys where they have to get their timing and they were starting to get that. And now they're going to have a break and they've got to get their timing back. So uh, we did see it somewhat with Saito this spring where he's getting the treatment in inverted commas where teams are starting to walk him. He's got something like seven walks and one or two strikeouts, something ridiculous like that. So that's going to be interesting to see how the lineup plays out. But yeah, I think you don't need to worry about one Soto not being good after a break. Yeah, and I was, I was, that was the one player I was concerned about. Like, it's a lot of responsibility. And I do think, like, Rendon's impact is one of those that you don't feel because, and like, he's, you know, very mild mannered guy for the most part, not the loudest guy in the world, right? Anthony Rendon mm-hmm. was. But, and I think his impact is going to be felt once he's gone. But I think Soto, at, even at 21 years old, understands, like, the burden. And, you know, the one thing I, I, I've always noticed is, like, the professionalism, right? I mean, how, how goddamn professional he is for a 21 year old. Like it, it's, it's unbelievable. And I think we're starting to see that across baseball now, you know, those young guys, like he is a star and he is fun to watch and he, you know, his mannerisms are hilarious, but he's also understanding and he's also mature for a guy who's 21. Yeah. I think what he is, is he's mature when it comes to 
the fundamentals. So right. um, like he plays like a, like a 35-year-old vet with his plate discipline, but he has those moments and you go, oh, yeah, he is 21. Like the, the bat drop in Game 6 of the World Series, and he was like, oh, yeah, I saw Bregman do that. It looked like fun, and I wanted to do it. And you're like, yeah, he, right. he's, he's a 21-year-old kid. Of course he's going to do something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been exciting. Uh, third base, that's where everybody's attention turns, right? What is your assessment of Carter Keyboom and how how his spring went, and um, what's that situation looking like? Because I've I feel like the Nationals are okay, but they're not they're not as pleased as they'd like to be with that situation right now. Yeah, I did find it interesting how at the start of March, Davey comes out and says it's Carter Keyboom's job to lose. Still, right. even though everyone has seen that he's still rough around the edges at third base defensively. But I think the bats started to come around before spring training was suspended. And that's what's going to get him into the lineup and get him um, get his feet wet at the major leagues. Because I personally think if the Nationals are going to get back into the postseason, they need Carter Keyboom on the roster for most of the season because his bat is just going to help that lineup so much over as much as we all love Asdrubal Cabrera and what he did last year. Karki Boom has the potential to be kind of Alex Bregman light is a good prospect right. comparison in terms of what he brings to the plate. So if you can bring him up, maybe you live with, um, live with his defense at third base. It should get better. He's got all the tools. He's got the arm. He's got enough athleticism to play there. It's just a matter of getting his feet wet because he hasn't played third base since high school, I think. So you've been doing a lot of these previews for the National League East, right? And you've been looking at kind of across the division and what the Nationals face. And when I think about the National League East, I go and I think about other divisions, right? You think about the the AL Central where there's two teams that really are are – the biggest threat trying to get better. Like the Indians are good, but they're, they're in a situation where they might trade away their franchise, their uh, potential franchise player in Francisco Lindor. Mm. So you think about the National League East, the Mets, the Phillies, the Braves and the Nationals all believe they should be competing for a division championship. And I, and GMs and whoever might, and coaches say, yes, we want to compete for a division championship. But these teams are all in. They're like they're serious about it. We have manager firings. We have you know got you know aggressive some aggression obviously in um in free agency, especially from the team in New York. So, what do you think that the Nats, what kind of challenge they face here in this title defense in a hungry? I think it's the key word. Loaded division, but a hungry division too. Yeah, definitely. I think. Um... The interesting thing about it is you could argue the two teams who went to the postseason from the NL East have got worse in the offseason <laughs> with the Braves losing Donaldson, the Nationals losing Rendon, both borderline MVP candidates last season. And the two teams who missed the postseason have arguably got better ever so slightly, mm -hmm. maybe not by a huge amount with um, the Phillies not spending stupid money this offseason uh, and the Mets kind of making some low-key moves. Um, so, yeah, it's it's going to be competitive again. I think there's a lot of people sleeping on the Phillies. I think Pakota yeah. had them at 77 wins, something like that. And they never felt like one unit under Gabe Kapler. I think Gabe Kapler wanted to manage it um, with a, all of his advanced analytics and never really, <laughs> right. got, never really got them playing as one unit. And I think getting Joe Girardi in is probably the move in the NOEs that doesn't get talked about enough. And his experience with the Yankees managing that in a big market, bringing the team together. And if he can get bounce back years from guys like Reese Hoskins, Narinola, they're going to be up there. Maybe not enough to 
win the division, maybe sneak a wild card with the the bullpen and kind of that back end of the rotation. But yeah, I don't think people are talking about the Phillies enough. And the Mets are sneaky good again, but they have to stop being the Mets and getting injured every other day. Um, I th- you could argue that they they might have the most talent in the NOE, so you definitely can't sleep on them. They've, like I said, they've just got to stop tripping over themselves. Yeah, I feel like Jed Lowry has been a week away from making his major league debut for about a year and a half now, right? I mean, you know, oh, minor injury, he's fine last spring, and we, you know, they never even see him. Um, yeah, and you think about the pressure of the markets here. But besides Miami, the pressure, the least amount of pressure, is really on the Nationals because the Mets have built this thing in New York City, and and look, the pressure, the heat is on. Philadelphia, um, the fans are too volatile for the volatile, excuse me, for their own good sometimes. And you know, the Nats showed us last year. It's a long season. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And um, their impatience is is a problem. And then I think the Braves too. Like, there's a certain expectation. You know, that the Braves, when they have good teams, the fan base just desperately wants them to finish. And we've seen this, you know, since the year, I guess, whenever, um, you know, late '90s. This team has had an issue finishing. And so, you know, title defense brings pressure. I guess you have a big target. But I still feel like out of those four teams, the Nats have the least to prove. And they have the least target. I mean, target in the sense of, like, they're not going to feel that pressure as much as the other teams do, I think. Yeah, and I think, at worst case scenario, the Nationals are just going to bask in the glory of the World Series title. Right. And yeah. like, they, could, they could finish at 500, not be too terrible to watch, and everyone kind of throws their hands up and go, well, we won the World Series last year. Right. But yeah, there is a lot of pressure on the Phillies. It, the Phillies, after the money they've spent, the Mets, who have a lot of talent and haven't been able to click like they did in 2015. And then, like you say, the Braves are, they, they're rightfully under a lot of pressure because of the talent they have, especially some of the young guys like Acuna and Albies and uh, the prospects who are bound to come up in the next year or so as well from their still deep farm system so there is a lot of pressure and i do think eventually the braves are gonna get there it's just a matter of when um but yeah it it's not a great (laughs) maybe not a perfect time for them given the the competitiveness of the division and then let's let's go kind of a couple more things here this conversation i had the other day was really interesting now that ncaa baseball has been canceled and high school baseball has been canceled Scouting has just gotten so much more difficult. I mean, you know, there's some kids in high school who were living in the northern United States didn't get to play at all, right? I mean, they, they didn't even get to start their seasons. You know, some um, college teams, they, they got 15 games in, and it's not enough for sample size. Of course, we have our top guys and, you know, people that we all think are going to be good. But, I mean, past that first round, you know, even the back end of that first round, guys were able to fly up forwards, you know, pretty easily, kind of like the NFL. And that tape is gone. There's no chance for these guys, it seems like, for them to prove themselves. What is? Have you given any thought to the scouting stuff? What do you think is going to happen? Are we going to see guys go back in college and, and take another year? Uh, what do you think is going to happen here? And, and what are your thoughts on kind of this bizarre one-in-a-million situation we're now in? Yeah, I, I, I usually save my draft prep for like April, May. But I do wonder if it's going to bump a lot of the high school guys down in the draft. And maybe you won't see as many high school guys go high up in the draft because they're not going to have as much tape, if any at all, compared to say college where Mm -hmm. they will have a lot of tape on them and it might serve them better to then go to college rather than um, take whatever, whatever offer they're getting in say 
the late first, second round um, and go back and prove themselves again to get them back up the draft board while also getting that experience in college. So it's going to be interesting to see, especially now that I think the whole NCAA is cancelled. They're not picking it back up at all. Um, no, they're not. So that's going to be interesting when it comes to the draft because I think um, I think they were going to hold the draft in Omaha before the tournament so they could have a bunch of those guys right. attend the draft. So it's going to be interesting. But yeah, I do think if there's going to be any impact, perhaps we see a lot more college guys go, especially early on um, compared to high school guys who perhaps suffer more from shortened seasons. And those are the guys who usually vault up late in the process. Yeah. And the one thing that's really interesting about the colleges is that, you know, baseball is a partial scholarship sport. So, I mean, they only get 11 and a half scholarships for the entire team. And mm. so if guys do want to return to school, I mean, they're going to have to, you know, make an, a, a pretty substantial financial commitment to, to go back, you know, mm. if they're going to, you know, if they're going to go for another year. So it's right thing the NCAA is doing, but it, it's a very odd situation. A lot of those guys are not the blue chippers are going to have to go back, which is, which is something that's going to be um, very interesting. And we'll just have to wait and see on that front. I do want to ask you, you are from, you said Southampton, right? Yeah. How are you feeling about how your, your saints have been this year in the premier league? I'm not a Southampton fan. You should oh, have asked not? me that before. No, I, oh, no. I, so I apologize I, for not being thorough <laughs> enough. Who is so, your team? So I support Bath City, who play in the sixth level of English football. They actually played today, uh, 1-1-0 for anyone who cares. There you go. Um, <laughs> but yeah, pro- probably the last game they're going to play for a while. So um, they're, they're looking all right for a playoff spot, perhaps. Um, but yeah, who, <laughs> who knows with anything in sports what's going to happen in the next month, let alone next three, four months. Yeah, and I'm a Chelsea fan, so seeing Hudson Adoy, you know, it was really it was upsetting to see. You know, he's got coronavirus, and it's mm. crazy because they they were planning on playing, and you know, Arteta at at Arsenal had it, and Hudson yeah, Adoy th- has it. I think as soon as like one player, the manager Arteta was probably the first major one in the Premier League. Um, that's kind of set off a wave, and everyone's going, "Well, we have to now self-contain because Arteta's been in contact with so many people over the last." few days and then those people have been in contact with all these other people and the chain of the chain reaction from one person getting it we saw it in the nba where um i can't remember, rudy was his first name rudy gobert yeah i'm not i'm not that familiar with nba but it's just, yeah, just being a total dumbass right yes yeah. and now there's um donovan mitchell got it and all the nba teams now have to worry about that because he's been all across the country over that past week so um yeah, it's, we haven't seen any baseball players have it confirmed just yet. Um, I'm yeah. assuming, yeah, we'll, we'll hear something. Some, someone probably will. Yeah. It's really interesting, too, because I've heard the argument that they think Rudy Gobert, you know, I heard somebody say yesterday, Rudy Gobert saved a lot of people. I don't know if I buy that. Maybe it would have slowed the process a little bit more, but but that, that's a stretch. And I will say, are, are you a UFC fan at all? Are you a fan of MMA? No. All right. So, I mean, so you're going to be hurting for live sports then because that's about all you get. <laughs> I mean, I'm an MMA guy, luckily, so I, you know, I'm going to enjoy uh, UFC tonight. And then they're supposed to go to London next week. I can't imagine they go though, because the UK is is now shutting down large events, I believe. Yeah. Um, speaking of go, going to the UK, it will make it interesting with how the the London series in baseball works, because that's right. set for um, middle of June, I think. Cardinals and Cubs, and especially if they're perhaps only ramping up in May, it might not be soon enough to go over to the UK. They've, I think they're planning to um, to ban travel from the US to the UK on Monday, but that, that'll probably extend for 
quite a while, even if the sport does ramp back up. So um, even more effects on, on baseball on a global yeah. scale, which I know yeah. um, quite a lot of people back home who I talk to. And my dad is a Cubs fan back in the UK. Um, that is so crazy. <laughs> Cubs fan. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. funny because I, I went to the University of Missouri, so I, I you know I know a lot of Cardinals fans. Mm-hmm. I always thought that was an odd series for them to send because what are the brands really? It's a great kind of talking point. What are the brands that resonate? Yankees, Red Sox. I know they went last year, but are the Cubs a big brand there? What are the other big brands that, that kind of resonate in the UK for baseball? Oh yeah, the the Cubs are pretty big. I do think the the Red Sox and the Yankees are easily the the biggest two teams in the uk but yeah i do think the cubs have quite a big following mainly because um obviously before they got the floodlights set up they were playing day games so if you wanted to watch baseball in the uk okay. at a normal time you could turn the cubs on at like six seven o'clock um uk time and they wouldn't always be on tv that mlb tv and whatnot has only come about recently but that's when they would play so um i think that's what my dad most enjoyed about it that when he so he, he lived in chicago for a year but when right. he came back he could still watch the Cubs um, and figure out how they were getting on at a normal time. So well, they still have those Friday day games too. You know, they still play those yeah. Friday day games at Wrigley. So, I mean, yeah, that's, that's, that's really fascinating though. Um, Blake, I really appreciate your time, man. Uh, and I mean, let's just hope we get some baseball soon. Right. Because this is, this is difficult. We were all getting, we were so close. We were so excited. It's a great time of year. The NCAA tournament culminates, you know, uh, around the final four, Baseball is about to start again, and then it gets taken away from us. And it's, um, it's, it's really unfortunate because we were very close. Yeah, hopefully, I'm not getting my hopes up for the Nationals releasing a player every week, so I have something to write about. I've got to <laughs> figure out what to do now. I know we're all trying to do it. You know, I've, I've been hurting for content. I guess I'm doing the prospect previews. Yeah, and I think I'm going to kind of rehash some of the best games of last season. Do you have anything coming up that you'd like to plug? I have no idea what oh, I'm going to be no. next week. I haven't figured that out. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it might be... I've been thinking about looking back at some of the best moments of last season or, yeah. I don't know, last 10 years, something like that. It's been... It's going to be brutal to think of ideas. And I think everyone in the everyone who writes about sports full-time, part-time, voluntarily, is going to, is going to struggle over the next few months. It was funny. They were, we were talking about this yesterday as a collective uh, at Locked On, and they said, well, you know, just recap, you know, debate what what the best team your uh, franchise ever had was. And I was like, well, it's not much of a debate for us. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a pretty short conversation <laughs> over here. Um, Blake, we appreciate your time. They can Where can they find you on the socials? So you can find me on Twitter, at Finney Blake, and then just keep an eye out on Federal Baseball. We will come up with some ideas eventually. Uh, all right, awesome. And then I can't let you get out of here without giving the folks a either a book or a Netflix show or something they can do in the downtime. Oh man, I all I'm going to be doing is probably playing MLB the show. Maybe. <laughs> get, have, you, get, have you tried it out yet? Have you played it yet? I had a quick go last night. Um, I did notice that uh, in the first game playing the Nationals Astros, there was a lot of booing for the Astros at Nats Park. So <laughs> that makes sense, and they've they've thought about everything on that front. <laughs> did you make one of the videos I saw on Twitter of people hitting Astros players? I know that those were popular in the last couple of days. No, I didn't. I should have done though. Should have just pl- <laughs> plunked every one of them and then won eventually. <laughs> All right, Blake Finney of Federal Baseball. Thank you for your time. No problem. Thanks, Josh.